Hello, hello, and welcome to the show show, the show about TV shows. I am one of your hosts, Jay. Today on the line, we've got Aaron. Hello. We've got Adam. Hello. And we've got Tony. Hello. In this life for the next, today we discuss the Netflix original series, Warrior Nun. Uh, so I'm going to throw it to Adam to tell us a little bit about what it is that we watched. And th- this was Adam's show, right? I think originally, yes. I had been recommending it for a good little bit. Uh, I think I seconded it. Uh, you did. You did, absolutely. Um, so Warrior Nun follows the story of a young girl who has been paralyzed for the majority of her life due to a car accident uh, she got in when she was younger. That car accident actually killed her parents as well. I think her mom specifically. Um, and left her in an orphanage paralyzed. And it follows... A Catholic orphanage. A Catholic orphanage. That is very important to mention because the head nun there is a little bit abusive and they kind of allude to her uh, doing something to Being an kill. angel of death. This is a spoiler podcast, so if you haven't watched a spoiler it, you, podcast. you should... You know, know that. Absolutely. So they allude to her being an angel of death, and she tries to kill Ava. Um, luckily, however, Ava receives some sort of power and becomes a bearer of this power. And that's really where the story starts to kick off because this power heals her uh, completely. She's no longer paralyzed. She can move around and gives her this strength. Um,. So she runs away because she's freaked out. It's like, holy crap, I can move. Uh, and ends up getting herself involved in this Catholic... How to put this? Uh, angel convent? versus demons like battle uh, that's been going on since the Crusades. And that's kind of where we start the show. Uh, it follows her from... Not really trusting the church too much to absolutely fighting on their behalf. Um, I think that's how does what is this power like? How does she have this power? You didn't really explain that. Well, she got she was dead. She was was dead dead. at the beginning. You're right. You're right. She was dead. Uh, She was lying on uh, a gurney in the Catholic ward, and. If I'm not mistaken, uh, a demon attacks the previous bearer, uh, whose name I think is Shannon. And in the middle of taking that, uh, it's actually a piece, um, a metal piece that gets inserted into the body. It's a halo. It's a halo. Uh, And... In the middle of removing it from the previous bearer, uh, a demon attacks, and I think it accidentally gets put into Shannon to hide it, which not only resurrects her but also cures her of. Okay. Was she paraplegic or just? Yeah, she was quadriplegic. Quadriplegic, uh, meaning she had no ability to move anything but her fingers, pretty much. Uh, so completely cures her of that, and then she gets kind of freaked out because you know demons. Attacking her. They really want this halo. Uh, or at the very least to kill the bear. Well, there's also this whole weird like science aspect, right? There's the the group that's trying to create a doorway to quote-unquote heaven. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get... What was the name of the metal? Divinium. Divinium, yeah. So, And Divinium apparently is just like a holy relic from an angel, like his armor that's been melted down and it doesn't share properties of any known metal on the planet. So, Is there anything else we've left out? Uh, well, that was what, uh, at the beginning, Shan, the previous bear was dying because she was like shot up with that divinium metal. I don't think a demon got her. Uh, it was like right. a, a booby she trap. Got shot with divinium bullets. Yeah. Bullet, like a booby trap. Got her. Right. The, the the we're introduced to these warrior nuns as they're being attacked 
by, I think, both a demon, but also by commandos that we later find out have been hired by the mysterious and somewhat evil corporation Arctech. And apparently we have nothing else to say about that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, along the way, Ava also meets up with a, a group of young people who use their tech savviness to hack rich people's schedules to find out when they will be away from their vacation homes. And then they just squat at the vacation homes. And Ava has somewhat of a romance with one of those people. Uh, she gets tied in with the warrior nuns and has a, an internal conflict on whether to join them or whether or not she wants to try and live her own life. And uh, ultimately, there becomes a conflict between kind of the, the good warrior nuns and some kind of bad newbies led by the evil and mysterious Cardinal Duretti. Who, who seems to be kind of just like a power magnate. Like, he's just interested in the power structure and becoming the next pope. And so he's getting all of the ducks in a row to make sure everyone's loyal to him. Mm -hmm. At least to most of the season. Right. Along the way, we learn that uh, there are demons that uh, walk and float among us. Uh, they seem to come in two types. One is a... I think they referred to them as wraiths, where... They kind of float almost looking like blood droplets above people. And they don't take corporeal form, but they do have the ability to possess people and bring out their most dark and evil qualities. But there are also other demons called Tarasks, which do take corporeal form and are able to physically attack people. Uh, but these are, they're tethered to hell, and it takes a, a great amount of energy for them to make the jump from hell to the human world. So they're only able to manifest temporarily among us, but they are constantly seeking the halo that gets implanted in our hero, Ava. Now the halo is a, is a literal halo, like from who we are kind of led to believe is an angel. Mm -hmm. through, through most of it, what was his name? It was uh, Adriel. Adriel. And we, I will say this: um, the the last couple of episodes where the Adriel story really kind of fleshed out were the best part of the series, in my opinion, because it finally started to surprise me. At that point, I felt I will say this kind of preview, in my opinion, I felt like the show was a little bit uh, like the first half. Like I, like, I didn't really care. I felt like Ava was a brat. Um, and until the angel was introduced and the story kind of takes a twist, I, I thought the, the story was a little boring. Little little uh, Hunger Games, you know, preteen uh, adventure for the Catholic variety. <laughs> now, th throughout most of the, the beginning, and I, mean, I, I might not have been paying good attention, but it seemed like it tailed off at the end, we had a, this voiceover where we heard Ava's internal dialogue and mm -hmm. I've got to say myself I couldn't stand it I thought <laughs> it was it was lazy it was very much tell not show and half of it was ooh I'm attracted to this boy and <laughs> it just it it didn't work for me what did you guys think of it yeah that's I, exactly I kind of agree with you. if I was to write it down I was going to say the exact same things like Sorry to talk over you, Adam. Good, you're good, good. Those are all like literally the exact same thing. Like, <laughs> it was the worst. Like, the dialogue was better than her inner dialogue. Like, <laughs> the words she spoke outside of her own head were better than the words she spoke in her head. And yeah, it's just like, this guy's so hot. Like, you know, let's just go to some frames of him, her looking at his eyes or his muscles or something. We'll get the same benefit. Like you said, show, don't tell. Like, come on. It was stupid. I'm so glad that they like bait. Once her boyfriend got out of the picture, like they stopped it and the show got way better. Yeah, yeah th there were there were a lot of times where the, the dialogue seemed really strange. And it's almost like the the actors. Uh, 
how do I put it? It's almost like they were like, you know, we're just going to do one take. And if it's wrong, then whatever, we'll just deal with it. Like there, there was one moment Lo-fi. where the lo-fi. Yes. Um, the, the scientist character, um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on her name, Jillian Salvius, yeah. uh, where she's giving her, when we're first introduced to her and she's giving a speech at the party, she pronounced the word proprietary, proprietary. And it, it just, it just stuck in my head. Like what, why the hell would you, you know, I understand she's not a native English speaker, uh, but you know, I kind of feel like if you're the director there, you go, all right, cut, it's proprietary. Let's do that again. But they, but they just didn't. Also, kind of like um, the f- father. What's his name? Father Vincent. Is that the uh, the one that was kind of like the caretaker yes. for the the girls? That oh, actor, yeah. one I've seen him before. His performance up until the very end was very unconvincing. It maybe it just is his voice, but it felt like he just was like, "They're paying me to do this, so let me say these lines." Yeah, like it. I just I was unconvinced by his performance. Like I said at the end. The show surprises me a little bit. It gets a little more interesting, a little less teeny bopper. But, uh, and maybe that's what it was, is maybe it's built to be like, hey, this is supposed to compete with like the Twilight type books or stories or shows. I mean, it's, given what we find out about Father Vincent at the end, that, you know, as we said, spoiler here, uh, turns out he has been working with Adriel, who is a, a demon. Or the devil himself, I wasn't really clear. We'll, we'll get to that later. There, there uh, was never an explanation, right, of what right. he was. But he's not necessarily what like a traditional angel from a Catholic perspective would be. Right. Adrian he's not, is definitely he's their big definitely not working for too. good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we find out that Father Vincent is actually working for Adriel. And so I think w- w- maybe one way to view his performance is that uh, throughout the series, his heart really isn't in helping these warrior nuns but mm-hmm. if that's what it was he didn't sell it he didn't yeah you know he didn't do that convincingly I'd, I'd agree with that i don't know i've seen that guy before in some other movies i can't remember what i've seen him in and i know he can act I think he was in terminator the newest one i have to look up here I I spent the whole show trying to think of who he looked like. It almost felt like he was, um, you know, on, on Arrested Development, the attorney Wayne Jarvis, who's super serious. Like yeah. that that guy, but with a beard, I felt the whole time. Mm. He was in the Terminator Dark Fate. Which I just watched last night. Oh, wow. It's was his deep. performance any better in that movie? I don't remember him at all. Apparently so. not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him in the movie. Unforgettable. Uh, I also would like to to heap some criticism on uh, the actor who played Shotgun Mary uh, because her she was just so wooden. All of her line reads were just, I'm angry, and I'm going to say these lines. Yeah. It really reminded me of Mary J. Blige from uh, Umbrella Academy. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The acting was a little bit rough at spots, but... What really attracted me to this was the lore and the story. It seemed intriguing. Um, I got to be honest, I didn't really care for the whole company technology bits. It just seemed contrived and kind of overdone as well. well like, oh, I, there's a company who's researching technology and wants to interfere for profit. Okay. What, what was wrong with her son? Times. I feel like that also wasn't very well explained. It was just, there's something wrong with him, but Divinium keeps him alive. And Salvius is trying to get him through a portal to another dimension where he won't be sick anymore. That's the idea. So, like, okay, I guess maybe we should do some some kind of theories. We saw that the angel, kind of big picture story, meta narrative, this angel comes into our world, Adriel, and he's being chased by a demon at that point. And this is apparently where demons and angels first show up in our world. Um, and then he, like, we're told at the beginning that he had pity on this female nun, like, warrior who had died in battle. And he gave her the halo to revive her. But it looked like, from the episode that we watch, that he was hiding the halo inside her just like they were hiding the halo inside of Ava at the beginning of the story. 
And and so she, the the ancient original first warrior nun comes back to life, starts fighting for the humans. The humans realize they can't kill Adriel, um, and they don't want him to I guess take the halo back. So they bury him in a tomb underneath the Vatican, or what will become the Vatican. And the warrior nuns decide that they need to get in there and destroy the divinium of his bones. Spoiler alert: he's not dead. To kind of stop the the technology company Ark from creating the portal to heaven to save this this lady's son. And so they, they finally get there. The angel's actually inside there. The nuns get tricked into blowing a hole in it, and Azrael escapes. But, you know, Azrael seems to be like a trans-dimensional being who has powers, at least in our realm, and has this halo which has a source of power, and he's, he's the one that's being chased by the demons, or the halo is. It's, it doesn't seem that the demons give a shit about the humans at all. Does anyone have any theories as to why or what this is? Like, it's is it just they're taking advantage of human lore, human creation, mythos, and religion, and there's something completely different, like aliens, or is it just like the religion is spot on? Any any thoughts? I think it's pretty close to the religion, but there's some missing variables. I think Adriel was closer to some sort of like warlock from another dimension that we might refer to as like hell because he seemed to during his first appearance he was obviously escaping he he was running from something and i think he was actually being chased by the 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 t1 the td yeah the td i don't remember the name testosterone tarask (laughs) tarask okay so he's being chased by the Tarrasque. So I don't think he's like fully aligned with hell, so to speak. But I also don't think he's aligned with you know something like heaven simply because of his personality. So I think there's some sort of faction there that hasn't been fully fleshed out, and that's something we may see more of in season two. Um, but it, it's an, it, I I like that part of the story more than some of the other parts. The entire warrior nun story leading up to it. Uh, uh, not entirely. Father Vincent, although his acting was not great, did catch me by surprise. I didn't see him coming as someone who would betray. It was a Shyamalan twist. It was. Well, I I, I want to go go back to Adriel for for a moment uh, because I I had a great amount of confusion about him uh, because watching through this show, it felt like. For for nine and a half episodes, it was very much uh, a two sided conflict. There was good with heaven and the church and the warrior nuns, and there was hell with the demons and the bad stuff. But then Adriel comes in and he's being chased by a demon, so he's he's not from hell, but he's also not good either. It just it seemed jarring that all of a sudden it was just like boom no there's multiple sides here, uh, so something something I want to ask you guys was did do you feel like this show took a stand on in in its own world is there a heaven is there a god is there a hell and a devil like what did you feel like this show was saying about its own world? I think it's going to go the science. I don't. We'll see when season two comes out, but I think it's going to go the science route where whatever her name is, Salvius has, she seems pretty confident that she's discovered another dimension where there is no, I guess, pain or sickness or death, essentially, which I assume is where uh, Adriel comes from. So I don't, It just I may not be objectively moral in the sense of how humans view morality. Like it may not like there's this kind of like like idea that God is immutable and perfectly good, and that perspective is very Christian perspective, and so you would expect all things associated with God to be you know objectively good, right? Whereas Israel is not a just a pure objectively good. He seems to be a little bit of a deceiver. He also seems to be playing a game. He also seems to care about power, uh, and you know, uh, tr- you know, I guess using his his angel wiles to trick people into hearing his voice somehow through thousands of feet of rock. But uh, I think I think that there is more I think that there, maybe the, the message is that this that's more complex 
than what we like to view it as. Like it's easy to view it as good and bad, black and white, but it's maybe not necessarily that way. Like what if Adriel is a fallen angel? And so now we have heaven, we have hell and the demons, but then there's a third group that's the fallen angels that are not really demons per se, and they're no longer aligned with the heaven of the church. If that makes any sense. Man, this reminds me of the 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 Dungeons and Dragons that we've been playing, where there's there's what there's there's demons, but then there's also isn't there like a different kind of there's also devils. Devils and demons come from different realms in Dungeons and Dragons. Like you have the abyss, which is where the demons reside, and then, then there's the like nine layers of hell, Avernus, where devils are. So there's yeah, in, in that realm, there's different types of creatures and they both are evil but they have different like demons have a chaotic evil um like bent and then devils have a lawful evil bent and what happened was that the angels in DD were in a war with the demons and they got corrupted and they became the devils and that's why they're lawful but evil so they have a code they have to follow okay so one one way this show I felt let me down was that it paid lip service to the idea that science and religion could be intertwined in really two sides of the same coin. Uh, I think they literally say that. Yeah, I remember Sylvia saying it. it really explored that idea in any kind of meaningful way. Like, it, it really seemed like, especially with what we've been talking about with Adriel, that it feels more like the conclusion we're left to draw here is that there really only is science. It's just science and religion are going about exploiting it for their own purposes in different manners. Am I out on a limb here? No, no, I think that that's maybe that's part of it. I think that with with like religion, like the Catholic Church is just like going through the motions and has like human power structures that it's concerned with. That, but that there is a science, like what is it, like magic is just science that we don't understand yet, this type, type thing. That's kind of how I feel that mm. this is ultimately going, that religion, like you were saying, religion and science, are ex maybe they're explaining the same thing, but one is taking it from a very like technical, scientific, and one is taking it from more of a human narrative perspective, mm. but they're talking about the same thing. But I, don't, I agree with you. They didn't really flesh it out. They didn't really go hey, this is, you know, how we can kind of meld the two together. They just make the statement. How about the, uh, the group of youngins that Ava hangs out with in the, in the first few episodes? Uh, was, was anybody... I'm sorry, Jay, you cut out there. Uh, the, the group of people that Ava hangs out with, uh, you know, was anybody else disappointed that we basically we never saw them again after about episode five? Yeah, that seemed like a, a really weird aspect of the story. It was kind of like a throwaway aspect or filler, well, especially when they just randomly disappeared. I was like, wait, what? Um, they probably use it as a storytelling tool to explain that, hey, she just wants real life, but that's impossible. But even then, like not really seeing any of them again, although they did kind of seem like shitty people, if we're being honest. I don't think they didn't go the route of, uh, I don't want to say not giving her a choice, but like obviously realizing that she could never have her own life because those terrace things are going to hunt and kill everyone she's around until they get the thing. So like mm -hmm. kind of like a Batman thing. She needs to go off on her own, like protect her identity basically or whatever to not put in danger the people that she cares about. Like she'll ne until she gets rid of the halo or something else gets rid of all the demons she'll never be able to like have a normal life so i'm surprised mm. they didn't kill off her main i don't even know if i call it a love interest like the first guy she's ever met <laughs> she was a small child yeah that happened to be charming and good looking so i'm so i thought uh there's a point where like one of the other warrior nuns which like gets killed by a demon i feel like I thought her boyfriend was going to get killed and then she's mm -hmm. going to have that realization. She's going to be like, I need to solve this problem if I'm ever going to have my own life or else everyone that I am around is going to be in danger. 
Do you think it was an odd choice to cast a Portuguese girl to play in English? Like, is it, isn't the whole setting kind of also weird? They're all speaking English in, like, Spain? Man, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because that bothered me the entire time. How they're they're constantly switching languages. Where, for example, when we see Vince, Father Vincent, go to the bar and have a drink, uh, he's speaking Spanish with the with the bartender. Yeah. But in the for the most part, they're speaking English with each other, and it's almost like it felt like that was a a lazy production choice. Mm-hmm. Where if we were like, okay, you know, maybe the the warrior nuns they come from all over the world, and so we need a common language, and it feels like they're the 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 logical choices would either be Spanish because they're based in Spain, Italian yeah. because they're part of the 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 Roman Catholic Church, or just old school does, Latin, yeah, or just old school Latin. And the the fact that they're using English just it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I kept that to myself. Like they're in Spain, it's a Spanish you know orphanage, and everyone's speaking English. Like it, it just really took away from the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they had done those parts in pure in Portuguese or Spanish, like it would have made made it feel more authentic or real. But I also think that's maybe what took away from Father Vincent's performance is his English was just kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that front, the actress for Ava, she is Portuguese, right? So yeah, she is Portuguese. Nothing about her character says this girl needs to be American. Like, why couldn't she just be a Portuguese orphan that was on vacation with her family? Yeah. And then she could have just spoken without like she does a good job but you can still tell like there's pieces of it where it's like this is a person putting on an an american accent like i don't know why she had to be american unless that just helps capture also if she was from america like why the hell would she stay in spain yeah why would you stay america would like say okay you're coming back here we're gonna put you in an orphanage or a hospital like you wouldn't just say oh this is where i live now that's the Catholic Church just kidnapped. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> like a super. I also, Scottish for me, the the scene where she goes back to the the orphanage and confronts the the nun who basically tried to murder her or did murder her and is about to murder her friend Diego, like that that whole sequence just flopped for me because yeah. it's just like, all right, we're gonna have a pantomime villain. You know, we're going to just, you know, there's no nuance to it. All the motivation of that nun was, oh, I'm just old and evil. And I resent you because you're quadriplegic. Like that, <laughs> that just completely fell, f- fell flat for me. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's like, no one thinks that way. What? Who Who's like, ah, I don't like you because I, I have to take care you're bitter because your life is shit i'm going to kill you yeah it it, it just seems a very contrived uh response for someone you're trying to force into a villainous role but let's look at the flip side if she wasn't an evil old lady i i'm not sure the story would have progressed because there wouldn't be a need to escape the orphanage i actually that's not true that's not true, because Therese would still show up at the orphanage and try and kill her if she had the halo. Yeah, and they said she had aged out of the orphanage anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've got plenty of reasons for her to leave. That's true. I don't know, maybe they just wanted to make it like, oh, this is not a, a good place. She's trying to escape from a bad past. Oh, yeah, Which just seems kind of... I definitely think that they're trying to do that. I just think that they they kind of did it in a very stale way and, and just unbelievable. She was too she was too mean. Like that's what I feel like the nun came off as just too hateful. And I was like, you're not a real person. <laughs> Obviously, one of the writers had a bad experience in Catholic school, and he depicted a character based off that. I feel like maybe they wanted to do some sort of. Well, like, because she, she wasn't possessed even; she was just naturally evil. Felt like they wanted to do something like, "Oh, Ava killed an evil." Like she actually killed somebody, even though it was self defense, and they weren't even like a demon. So she like actually killed a human. There's gonna be some sort of like emotional scar left. But then her little buddy Diego's like, "Ah, don't worry about it. You're a good person." She's like, she "Okay, I am a good person. <laughs> I am a good person. You're right. You deserved like, no it." Consequences. <laughs> 
Well, uh, about, I don't think that's I'm, how I'm the law works either. If you just showed up at an orphanage, like, yeah, I don't, yes, I don't you think did you try and kill her, but uh, I don't think you could call that self-defense. Uh, the, uh, that's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah. How about that? I think it was a cold open of an episode where Ava is trying to decide whether she wants to live a normal life or whether she's going to fight the demons. And she's in, a, in an area with, with bars and it's night and she sees a drunk girl wandering off on her own. And then a man you know, follows behind to, to uh, I think what we're left to assume is take advantage of her. And the man has a, a, a demon that Ava sees floating above him. But then it turns out that the girl's not really drunk. She's luring the guy into a trap to rob him. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, that just felt uh, it felt cheap and exploitative. Mm-hmm. It, I, I didn't like that. Uh, the the it, it felt like if the if the girl there, if the the one who's luring the guy into the trap to, you know, stab him and, and rob him, it feels like she should also have a demon over her, given that she's also doing bad here. Not not saying that the, you know, the would-be rapist shouldn't have a demon over him, because obviously, <laughs> you know, uh, he's, he's up to no good, too. But, like... Well, obviously, <sighs> all rapists are possessed, Jay. Oh, oh. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if, if, if the demon nun wasn't actually demon-possessed, then I think that there's still just, you know, some free agency in this universe of people making bad decisions. Yeah, they're just, just worse people. Yeah. Man, I have something that I want to be true, but I guess, like, the Wraith demons really just kind of poke a hole in my theory. Like, what I would like to be true is, like, yeah, Adriel's from this other dimension, and, like, you see, he obviously, like, it looks to me like he stole the Halo from the demons, and that's, like, why all these Tarasks keep trying to get it back. Like, I would like it if that was the case, and the Tarasks, like, they just have a... They're the real angels? Like, they just, well, not the real they just have, like, a disregard, like, were ants, I guess, so they don't care how many humans they kill on the way to getting their halo back, but they're not really, like, like, they kill everybody, but they're not, like, I guess, pure evil. But the wraith demons kind of throw a hole in that because they're, like, I don't know what their purpose is, if that would be something, because they're just kind of messing around, making people do bad stuff, so that pokes a hole in what I kind of want it to be, like, Adriel's a thief. Like, maybe they're both different sides of this interdimensional being, like, they're both, like, immortal, because they both seem to have these divinium bones like we see when she's trying to get into the tunnel and the like the tarask bones are there and their divinium and they think also he, meant, so that was a tarask i remember the bones when she was coming through the wall that was a tarask yes okay yeah because they can phase through stuff too or teleport or something i think they were trying to get into adriel and they got trapped in the wall yeah i don't think we ever determined like how it died or if it was put there to try and keep him in or if it was chasing him though yeah that's a good um, point anyway but so, the rape demons just making people do bad stuff that kind of pokes a hole in my mm-hmm. what I want to be true so something I, that I bothered me the whole oh, go ahead. no go ahead I, I think there's a hierarchy between the rape demons and the dress like obviously the dress seem a little bit more badass and uh, energy consuming uh, and albeit a little bit rare too, um, which leads me to believe that there is probably like a faction or a caste system in this alternate dimension. Uh, and Adriel, when he first showed up in like what was it, the 1400s, like that timeline, mm-hmm. he definitely seemed to be on the run. Which also leads me to believe that he's a part of a different faction, not necessarily. We'll call it the Heaven Faction, I suppose, um, because he doesn't—he doesn't necessarily seem to have a great moral character, uh, which leads me to believe that he is part of some sort of different faction. And I really hope they do expand on that in the future, because it would be really cool to get into like the alternate dimensions and go through that. But I also think that would be very high budget. <laughs> so, or at least to do it correctly, it would have to be high budget. I, I was was anyone else surprised to find out that this was not like based off of a book? Because I, I tried looking it up. I thought this had to be based off of some type of book or something. And it's 
No, it's it's well, it's based off of a graphic novel, oh. but it's it's actually um, it it from what I read, it seemed like they they took some characters and some ideas from the graphic novel, but it's radically different. Mm. Um, we're supposedly in the graphic novel. Uh, the the Catholic Church is actually an unequivocal force for good. And um, there's some differences about, like, I think how the warrior nun thing works. But, like, the basic story of, you know, this started 600 years ago um, with a, a nun who died and was given the halo. And then it gets passed from warrior nun to warrior nun after that. Like, that is that is from the source material. Okay. Because I, I was looking at the Wikipedia page and I couldn't find anything about, like, where it came from. It just said that Netflix was turning it into a... Or was making a show. Yeah, it's based on it's it's called Warrior Nun Ariala. It's a manga style American comic book, according to the most reliable source on the internet, Wikipedia. I mean, oh, that sounds really interesting. That sounds more of Adam's alley. Yeah, mm. I really like manga and anime in general, so light novels. Well, okay, do we want to do our, our scoring, or do we have any any final thoughts on it before we do scoring? Um, I, I've, I'm sorry, Tony, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to, I don't want to get too off topic. I was just thinking, like, her powers, we definitely have to be, like, uh, just an accept it, like, she can control it be, and do whatever she wants to do without having to think about it type of thing, because, like, the physics of her specifically her phasing through objects doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, is she perfectly controlling the bottom of her feet that are touching and, and only the pieces of her feet that are touching the floor to allow her not to just fall into the ground? Because at one point she goes through a floor. She's like, I want to go through this floor downward. Boom. But every other time she just like runs on the floor through objects, like the amount of control I would think it would take to make, every piece of your body except for the bottom of your feet like i don't know it's just like that and was if your bottom of the feet are solid how are they moving through the material yeah that's a good point mm-hmm. um, I, I i also want to bring up that uh, regarding the demons i something i really didn't like about this show was that the the warrior nuns they never showed any compassion or sympathy for the person being possessed by the demon it was just you're being possessed time to die kablam you know like at the at the end where adriel summons the horde of the demons who then possess the crowd at the vatican and then shotgun mary's just like time to start shooting i was like uh, <laughs> let's drop these motherfuckers yeah like these these are people like i know they're being possessed but like uh, does that mean you just kill him? See, this is a missed opportunity, and they could have gone into like a whole exorcism lore and stuff like that, where they had to, you know, bring a priest in and do like a mass exorcism of all the people. So, the missed opportunity. Yeah, if, absolutely. Yeah, their exorcisms are like if watch. we beat the crap out of the host enough, this thing will leave, so you can stab it with a divinium sword. <laughs> If y'all were going to watch a season two, what would you want to see? Where do you think the show is going to go? Literally, I think it's going to do the time jump thing. The first episode is going to be like, it's not going to be where the first season left off. It's going to be like a few days later. And then we probably won't see them get out of their little hairy situation until episode two. Some sort of random character is going to show up, I bet, to save them. I want to see where the kid went through the portal. I'd, that's about the only thing that I'm actually interested in, about in continuing the story, is where does the portal go? Um, uh, that's where I'm at, too, I think. I would I'm like sorry. to see... Yeah, I would like to see kind of just a more explanation of what Adriel is, what what kind of being he is. Is there another faction? Like, the the actual getting into a definition of what the the afterlife or this alternate dimension has in it because obviously they're playing off of a lot of heavy christian tropes but like not all of them are exactly as they appear like yeah the devils are making people do bad things they're after a halo but the halo's power is not just pure good it's just pure power and and i don't know to me almost in a certain way 
this gets back to a might equals right kind of mentality, which I feel like is a little bit foreign to how we think, you know, in the modern world today, that the angels are good because they are powerful, not because they do the right thing. Yeah, that I like that take. Yeah, that actually reminded me of something. I'm with you. Uh, I want to, I guess, delve more into Adriel's story. His is more interesting than Ava's, really. But uh, at the end, he does control the wraith demons. So I wonder. I guess that would still leave a door open for what I want to happen, where he's like against the Tarrasque. Maybe he's been controlling these wraith demons the whole maybe, time. Maybe the Tarrasque and the wraith demons aren't necessarily aligned. Like I don't remember seeing yeah. a, a sequence where they were working together. We just see them both manifest in our world. Maybe the Tarasks are angels and you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Heavy metal. <laughs> uh, I was kidding. But I, I'm definitely in the same uh, camp, so to speak. I, I'm interested in this other dimension. What's going on there? Who is Adriel? Like, what's his backing? And where'd that kid go off to? I, I, I don't really care. Why did his face, like, only parts of his face glow whenever they were showing the Divinium? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it looked like someone sneezed Divinium on his face. The <laughs> budget. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not as interested in Ava's story. I wouldn't say I'm willing to, like, toss it out completely. But when it comes to, like, the whole Father, Father Vincent stuff, which I do feel like they could have done a lot better made it a little bit more dramatic um just kind of fell a little flat for me it did catch me by surprise but it could have been done so much better and really played that up um but i i'm definitely more interested in this adriel other dimension uh side of the story than i am uh catholic politics really I, I will say this. Christy watched the first episode with me because, like, I started watching it and she was like, oh, I want to see this. And then after one episode, she was like, this is one you can watch on your own. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's let's give this uh, this show a rating and review time. Uh, let's yeah, let's start with Adam. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show here at the end, we uh, review all these show on a, shows on a scale of one to ten. So uh, what's your uh, closing argument here? I'll keep it brief. Uh, I think this show should get a 6.5. Um, it's definitely got potential. I, it had good universe building, uh, roughly, albeit. Um, and I, I would be interested in seeing more depending on where they decide to take it. But some things fell flat. Uh, it could be improved upon. And I think this suffers from a lot of first season Netflix shows where it's like we don't really have a budget until we prove ourselves. So, I think they blew all their budget on the Wraiths, essentially. Wraiths and Tarasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I, I would be interested now that, to see that it's got some popularity, like what they do in Season 2. Um, but yeah, I, I think 6.5 kind of sums it up. It's not the best show in the world, but I think it's worth watching. Fair enough. How about Tony? Uh, yeah, I agree in a lot of ways. I was going to give it a six, I think. Yeah, I think it has a lot of... Maybe if it is a big success, they can get maybe better riders or something. Yeah, bigger budget for next season. I did like it. I liked the locations. That may be where they spent their budget. There's all <laughs> this world traveling and locations. and I thought like the set design, the production values was actually pretty good. But yeah, some of the writing, thank God they got rid of the voiceover about halfway through hopefully that doesn't come back in season two i do think like i'll watch season two i think i enjoyed it enough to give it another go but def i feel like there's a lot of unrealized potential in there yeah i think i'll i'll agree with you 100 percent on the the locations uh because that's that's just about the only thing that saved this show for me uh because me personally i i i have a lot of uh love for Spain as a place, it's a place that's very close to to myself and my heart. Um, and so, you know, seeing the the Spanish cities, seeing the monasteries, especially the episode they spent in the village, uh, which that's that's a real place. It's called Ronda, and it's it's an absolutely beautiful place to visit. Um, 
but like we've been discussing, I didn't care about the characters. The story didn't make sense. Um, it felt like they tr- they tried to do these grand themes and then just sh- shelved them halfway through. Uh, so ultimately, this show is going to be a four for me, um, mostly because I gave Mixology a 3.5, and it wasn't as bad as Mixology because <laughs> Mixology was so, so terrible. Uh, so I'm gonna, ultimately, I'm gonna settle on a four here. Well, um, I don't think it was as bad as a four. I felt like it was one of those shows where, like, at first I thought it had a lot of potential. It, it felt very, I've used it for a couple of times, like Teeny Bopper, like, you know, the kind of stuff that the Hunger Games and Twilight really is aimed at. Um, and... I've, but I do agree with Adam that some of the world building was interesting in trying to, um, in the same way that like some of the 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 you know, Marvel comics have Thor and things like that, try and create take the the Christian worldview and give it a a more realistic, in a, in a certain sense like like what real demons and real angels and things like that, and, and I don't think that that's been done very well before, and I think I don't know that it's been done very well yet. But um, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing where they go with it. So I'm I'm willing to give it the second season, and I think I'd give it a six also, like Tony, just because I felt like the acting was weak. I felt like the writing was lazy. I felt like some of the ideas were interesting, and and there's some potential there. But I I feel like they could really waste the potential because a lot of times these type shows they they'll get to like the climax at the end blowing most of their budget on kind of like the big event. And when you start up season two, it doesn't, like, like Tony said, it doesn't start up from where we left off. We're going to have another like five, six, seven episodes of story development before we get back to the big payoff. So I, I just feel that that's going to be the, the downfall is season two is going to take too long to answer some of these questions that we're left with. So we'll, we'll have to see. All right, we've got a 6.5 from Adam, a 4 from me, and 6s from both Aaron and Tony. Uh, That gives us an average score of 5.625, which puts this on the the lower end of our scale here, sandwiched between Mixology and the first season of Umbrella Academy. I've heard Umbrella Academy gets better. Uh, It does. Can't confirm. I uh, I watched a little bit with my father-in-law when he was watching it, and I think it it you know I th- we did I think we did learn this at the end of the last season, but they they end up in 1960s Dallas, Dallas, um, yeah, right, leading up to the the Kennedy assassination, and you know as a almost lifelong DFWer myself, like you know anytime my hometown gets a shout out, that makes me interested. Oh man, that may- gives me an idea for a show to watch. Is it Umbrella Academy season two? It's not. It's the good guys. <laughs> oh yeah, with Colin Hanks. <laughs> with Colin Hanks and um, what's his name, Bradley Whitford. Yeah, because I think they filmed it in Dallas. It's a hundred percent set in Dallas. Like, yeah. it's it, it's very. I don't know. It's not great. It's not a great show. It didn't <laughs> make it, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, speaking of which, uh, this is the part of the show where we pick the show for next time around. I'm getting the wheel and name set up. Let's see here. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I did not think of a show. All right. Well, Adam's going to go last then. <laughs> All right, Comrade Detective. All right. We've got Comrade Detective from Aaron. I think that's how about, detective. How about Tony? What do, what do you have to offer this time around? Well, I'm guilty of partially breaking the rules since I've started watching a few episodes, but uh, I'll nominate Killing Eve. All right. I mean, it's it's not against the rules. They're you know just like Jack Sparrow. They're more they're more guidelines. Well, yeah, and there's there's shows where like if you start watching a show, you're like, you know, this would be a fun show to do with the show show. I think that that's that's perfectly acceptable. Jables. Um, there's a show called Below Deck. Uh, it's about uh, the crew of super yachts. It's kind of a comedy drama. I know you've seen some of that one. I have. <laughs> Adam, any any thoughts, feelings, urges? 
Oh, I'm so not prepared. Uh, Sweet Home. It's a new Netflix series, but it's definitely in like a different language. And like Godzilla style. Yeah, I I like foreign movies. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we did Fooly Cooly. We did. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that you're starting you're to go a certain, certain route. You're complaining. Is it Sweet Home? Is that how it's spelled on yeah. the screen? It's on Netflix. Okay. I comment Detectives on Amazon. The last time I checked, it was free. So, Killing Eve, I think it's on Hulu? Mm-hmm. And Below Deck on yeah. Hulu? Um, I think it's it's going to be on Peacock, and if that ends up uh, being the way, like I have no problem uh, paying for subscription that we can all share. Well, I definitely think that Peacock also is like you can just watch commercials. So, uh... yeah, I think Peacock's free. Comrade, Ooh, congratulations! I, I'm excited. <laughs> Man, me too. I probably would have watched this myself, even if we didn't do it for show show. Because I know I mean, nothing. I know nothing about this. I really? read a short. Little synopsis, mm-hmm. and I know that what is it? Is it, it Chan Tatum? Is, is pseudo involved? But I don't. I haven't seen a second of it. I haven't watched any previews. Like I just was like, this seems like it's going to be shit. I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, the description sounds bonkers, and I am <laughs> so excited. I think it's pretty short too, only like six episodes. It's not a long one. Yeah, this. this uh, let's see here. I'm gonna check on Amazon. Yeah. I don't know how to spell Amazon apparently. But basically, it's a uh, kind of like a found footage where it's a fake show from Romania in the 60s or 70s, and it's a buddy cop show yeah. about these, you know, detectives. Hutch. Yeah, in, in, in Romania in the 70s, and it's supposed to be like for the glory of communism. Um, uh, it, it's, it sounds crazy, and I'm very yeah. excited. I'm, I'm very excited. This is. This sounds right up my alley too. I'm I love this kind of stuff, especially whenever it's like the pseudo found footage, or like I don't know. To mm-hmm. me, like you know, you know, Garth Marenghi. Like it's like this is something that I filmed in the '80s and I'm re-releasing it now. It's obviously not yes, what happened exactly. And I I think uh, you know maybe to to make Adam feel a little bit better. I think this is also not in English. I'm pretty sure it's in Romanian. <laughs> oh, wow, I don't mind that. So, uh. It's got good ratings. I've been ch- ch- chastised. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm looking forward to that next time. So, uh, for all of us here at the show, show, uh, so long and take care of yourselves. Till next time. Salutations, thanks, thanks for the fish. Thank you. <laughs>